You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on another episode of Millennial Minds. This evening, we have Miss Anya Young. She is a graduating high school senior from James Hubert Blake High School in Silver Spring. And she is the author of Teen Guide to Living with Incarcerated Parents. This is a self-help book for coping during the age of mass incarceration. Hi, Anya. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Good. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Tell us how old you are. Oh, I'm um, I'm 17. Anya is 17 years old, you guys. Even though this is Millennial Minds, you all, we definitely embrace all generations. And we have a Gen Z-er. We have a Gen Z-er <laughs> right here in the studio. She was born in 2001, guys. She was born literally at the turn of the millennium. So, Anya, please just tell us about yourself and tell us about your book. Well, um, me, uh, I... I'm kind of an old soul. <laughs> you know, I was born right at the cusp, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I listen to 80s music. I listen to 90s music. I listen to, like, Led Zeppelin. I watched that 70s show because, like, I feel like in a different life, I probably would have been just like that. But um, <laughs> I... Where were you born? Oh, Where'd I was... Where'd you grow up? Yeah. I was born in Greensboro, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I grew up... Uh, like three places because I move a lot. <laughs> um, I grew up like some of it in Greensboro, Charlotte, uh, Guadalupe, and now I'm in, you know, Maryland. Awesome. So tell us about your book. Oh, so um, I wrote my book. Like I started writing my book around the time when I was like 14, 15. Last year I was 16. So when I published it, I was 16. But when I wrote it, I was like around 15, 14. And um, it took me about uh, right, yeah, uh, two months. You're self-published, right? Yeah, yeah. That is so awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. So tell us, um, this is, your book is entitled Teen Guide to Living with Incarcerated Parents. And you said you started writing kind of around 14 years old. Yeah. Um, for you to be so young when you started writing this book and the topic is so deep, what made you decide to write your story and and tell your story in a book form and make it public? Well, like it was kind of like two factors. Um, one, my mom just like came to me and she was like, what if you wrote a book about it? And I was like, uh, <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta move out soon. But then, um, then I started like thinking about it. Like it took me a long time to like actually like start like, to even, like, consider what she was saying to me, I was like, what? You, like, you want to ruin my life. Like, that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So she <laughs> said, your mom said, write a book about it. Like, yeah, what was she, she was referring like, to? She was saying, like, uh, like making it known. And, like, at the time, I, like, I just, I just, like, hated even talking about, like, my dad. Like, people, whenever I would go to school, I would talk about my parents. I would only talk about one parent. It was just, you know, always, like, talking about my mom. And, um, I mean... My mom, like, she told me about, like, writing the book, and I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, no. And um, then, like, uh, I started, like, around the time I was doing a lot of, uh, like, volunteer work for an organization called Rebuild Dominica. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's I, where your mother's from, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And by doing that volunteer work and, like, helping out in the community, I think that was a turning point for me because I started to realize, like, th- 
I could be helping people rather than just like bottling everything up mm. and then just like not saying anything. And um, uh, also like considering like the statistics that went behind it, like one in three men, uh, black men will experience, you know, time behind bars yep. sometime in their life. And then, like, one in 26 children have an incarcerated parent. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what? Now, so when when was it in your journey that you found these statistics or that you discovered this this information? I actually Googled it myself. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Googled it. Just out of just out of your own curiosity? Yeah, like, curiosity. I was like, I was like okay. Mm-hmm. My, my mom was telling me about this book. I was like, okay, I can't help that many people. And then I was like, 2.5 million children. Uh-huh. And I was That's like, right. well, then. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. And it helped you put things in perspective. Yeah. Wow. So it was your trip. This was your, it was a service trip? Um, it was, um, it was like, well, Rebuild Dominica, they do like a, they did like a bunch of events and mm-hmm. then through doing all of those events, like I, like how good I felt after, like when it was like, completed, mm-hmm. my mom would like literally drag me out of bed. And like, at first I didn't want to do it. And I was like, Oh, oh my God, volunteer work. Ew. Mm. But then <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ew, community service. But then, <laughs> and then plus I wasn't getting any SSL hours from my school. So I was like, Oh my God, so what's like, the why point? am I doing this? Yeah. And I was doing it anyway. And when I would get there, like, my attitude completely would change. I would just, like, actually start helping. And, like, I would, like, take initiative. I would, like, help people, like, be like, hey, do you need anything from me? Uh-huh. What like, is something that, like, what is it, an example of something that you did while you were there? Well, there was, like, a music festival, um, like, a Caribbean mu- music festival, like, D.C., I think. I think it was mm-hmm. D.C. Um, and they were raising money for... Uh, I don't even remember. I think they were um, collecting supplies to send down to Dominica and mm-hmm. like these big like cargo cylinders, man. Like it was like huge and also collecting money. So um, what they needed me to do was like uh, accept money from people, like try to get like start a conversation, try to get people get to come donations. over to our booth and like donate and like donate anything they had really like toothbrushes, um, like deodorant Mm -hmm. cans of food like stuff like that and then we at at the end of the night we like packed all of these like all the stuff from like big bags that people would bring and then we would put them into the um like the cylinder and we would stack it and everything and everything had to be like nicely organized so like Mm -hmm. I had to like you know do that I was there from like in the morning, like around like nine a.m., ten a.m., and I was there until like nine p.m., ten oh, p.m. Wow! Yeah, I was like I was there like pretty much the whole day, so wow. Yeah, but I still felt good like after I did it. Like I was like, wow, I just like helped some people after having that experience and serving other people and collecting donations. Sort of kind of opened your mind and changed your perspective and yeah. made you feel the sense of like self satisfaction mm-hmm. of helping others and thinking about others. Yeah, it made me feel like a better person. Mm, I guess that's so. that's deep. And so now you have this book to help teens and and maybe not just teens, but all all people, young people who have an incarcerated parent. And I heard you saying earlier that you never really would mention or talk about your dad yeah. Um, because he was incarcerated. So tell us some about that. Like, how did you grow up? Did you meet your, have you met your dad? Did you grow up around him or, you know, how long has he been incarcerated? Have you, have you been able to stay in contact with him? Like how, how has that kind of been for you? Well, um, growing up, my mom and dad, like they, 
they weren't really together. Like, they weren't married, and, like, they still had me. And, um, I mean, I was used to, by, I was still used to my mom and dad being under the same roof. I was used to them always being, like, at least, like, within a two-mile radius mm-hmm. <laughs> from each other. And, um, you know, uh, as a kid, I would go see him on the weekend because me and my, my mom moved to Charlotte. And uh, I would go to Winston-Salem, which is where his family lives on the weekend. So I was used to seeing my dad like regularly. I was used mm-hmm. to seeing him if not every day then every weekend. Um and uh I grew up that way. It was that way until like I was about 9. And um it was when I was like around 9 years old that's when he got, you know, he was sent to jail. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much when everything changed because uh like being used to having both parents around and then like having like one taken away from you when you need both. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that's that's like a, like a slap in the face. And I was like, why? Mm, I see. So did you, um, after your father was incarcerated, were you able to keep in contact with him? Like would he call or would you write? Like how, what was that like? Well, sort of. I mean, I think when I was, like from when I was nine up until I was like, I don't know, like 13, 12, like we kind of like lost contact because uh, I don't I don't remember him ever calling me for like those first three years. Mm-hmm. And then when I got back to Stayside, um, when I got to Maryland, um, he would write me. But, you know, like I was still angry, so I wouldn't really write him back. Mm-hmm. It would just be like a really short letter maybe <laughs> mm-hmm. and then like didn't you say have you did you say that you threw away the letters or you just yeah yeah mm-hmm. sometimes like the first few letters I would just throw them away like mm-hmm. I I don't know like I was just very very upset and I felt like he didn't care about mm-hmm. me I felt abandoned so I was like well you know what <laughs> he you know decided to make that decision and just like take himself away from me so like why should I even care and mm-hmm. um I wouldn't respond to the letters he'd be like hey did you get my letter I'll be like yep <laughs> and I wouldn't respond um like I remember having letters that I never even opened and I would just like put them in a drawer and like I had like a <laughs> a special place that would just like all of them would just pile up mm-hmm. and I wouldn't read your experience is similar to so mi- to m- millions of youth in the United States who have had an incarcerated parent. Um, and some of them, there, some of us, our parents have been incarcerated since our birth. And some of us, we grew up with both parents, our mom and our dad. And then, you know, our dad or our mom was taken away and was incarcerated um, based on whatever reasons. Oftentimes it was decisions that they made that caused that. So, but I know that your perspective is different now. What was it that changed your perspective? And, you know, because I, I know that you, as you mentioned, that you kind of had a lot of anger and probably confusion as to why he was no longer there mm-hmm. and why he chose to do whatever he did to end up where he was, which was away from you. But do you communicate with your dad more now? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. how like what what happened or what registered in your mind to to change your mind towards your dad and like towards communicating with him more? I think it was actually writing the book. Like writing out my feelings. Wow. 
I think that that's deep. Yeah. Wow. So how did you? I mean, okay. So then tell us what that experience was like writing this book about about your life and about your family. I mean, writing the book, like the process, like chapter after chapter, like just me writing it, like the rough draft and everything. It was like a long epiphany. <laughs> it was just like a very drawn out epiphany. Like just me like realizing stuff, like realizing, you know, where I went wrong, kind of disowning my dad because I felt like he just like I felt like he abandoned me. So I, I kind of abandoned him in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and like through writing the book and like realizing, you know, how I felt like my anger and everything. And then, you know just trying to be someone that can forgive it that process was very hard for me and I think writing through writing the book it allowed me to forgive him that's really deep through your writing it made you made you want to forgive your dad yeah that's really powerful um is he still incarcerated yeah okay do you talk to him or write do you all uh, correspond through letters or phone I write him more now. <laughs> uh, I'll send him, like, pictures, you know, okay. in every letter. I know he's proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know he's proud of you. Um, I mean, uh, he calls on, like, Sundays, usually. Usually on Sundays. But, you know, like, those calls are usually, like, 15 minutes that he can stay on. So Okay. And then tell us, so your mother is your is your manager right yes she or, is or she, <laughs> or she or mom what does she call it momager, momager. affirmative <laughs> momager how how has that been for you i think her bringing up the very strong very strong suggestion because mm-hmm. she would not like leave me alone about it she's like so you gotta write it and then you like check the next day i'll be like um no no <laughs> the answer's still no <laughs> she check the next day are you gonna write it <laughs> just like um it's the same thing as yesterday. <laughs> and um, I think having my mom as my manager, it's it's a lot of pressure. It is. Mm-hmm. Because when she... When yeah, because our parents want the best for us. They expect the best. Right? I know she has my best interest at heart, mm-hmm. you know. But, like, I still don't understand it. You know, I'm not a... <laughs> I don't have a child. I don't understand that whole right. thing. But, like, <laughs> when she makes a suggestion... It's it's different from how like a real like a a, a not like a momager a momager is a suggestion from a momager is different from a suggestion from like a manager that's like from a corporation you know right why? right because when they make a suggestion yeah it's not a suggestion <laughs> it's telling you right to do right right so therefore <laughs> you have to do it it's not really a suggestion <laughs> but I think it's just really fun it's really phenomenal and it's amazing. Um, how 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 much you've grown in just a few years from writing the book well at first you know for being like absolutely not that's a crazy idea why would I do that yeah and to have like your book is being sold nationally and you're going to conferences you're speaking to high school students to college students um and, you know, at, on panels and all these different platforms. Um, and, and I just love that you keep your transparency and your authenticity as to who you are and how you felt and how you feel about 
how you felt and how you feel about having an incarcerated parent and what that journey looks like. Just to lighten up the load a little bit and then we'll come back to the book. I know that one of the things that you do is you represent a a national fashion brand. Well, I'm a brand agent for Hollister now and I mean it's it's pretty fun. I'm not even going to lie. It's a really fun <laughs> job. Like I get to do like I just get to, you know, make content on social media and you and know, I can tell you have fun when you do it. I yeah, can really tell you're having fun. I get to give input to a brand so that they can grow. I get to, you know, like pretty much be a voice for like other teens, like, you know, say like, hey, this is what we want. Um, we would love to see more of this or like less of this. And then they actually like take those things into consideration when they're like making products and like trying to make the brand, you know, better and more c- inclusive. I like being able to have like a say in that that's like really really fun for me especially like making content like when I make content it's just like it's not even like I go out to make content it's like I'm I'm going to like a grocery store and then I found some oranges and they they were really cute and I'm like playing around with them and then my mom like takes a picture of me and boom content right (laughs) like it's it's more of like I went somewhere to have fun or to get something and then you know right then and there I was like wow this is like cute, hot post. Mm-hmm. Now, what is for people who don't, you know, we I've, I've heard the term brand ambassador and I know yeah. what a brand ambassador is, but what is a brand agent? So a brand agent uh, for Hollister, they call it a brand agent because uh, I think they use brand ambassador for the people that work in the store or something. So that's why they call it brand agent, but it's essentially the same thing. Okay. Yeah. So a brand ambassador, like, well, a brand agent is the same thing as a brand ambassador. We represent the brand. It's like giving a face to the brand, I guess. And we show other people on social media platforms how we're incorporating the brand into our lives and how, like, what that looks like, you know, like visually Mm -hmm. through content. So living the carpe lifestyle, which is basically just living in the moment. Mm-hmm. Living in the is now. That, is that one of their phrases? Or? Yeah, carpe okay. now. <laughs> okay, almost yeah. like carpe diem, like seize carpe, the day. Yeah, so, but they're not saying, you know, what they taught us was like, they, they're not saying that you should just seize the day. You should seize the moment, seize now. I like that. So I like that. That's yeah. hot. Okay, and how long have you been a brand agent for Hollister? Oh, man, I think it's been like uh, five months, I okay. think. I around thought it would have been months. longer than that. Yeah, cool. it feels like it. <laughs> it really does. But, so um, how did that happen? How did you find out about that opportunity? Like, how how does a teenager even, like, how do you find about about, it, about that? Well, um, I think at first it was through social media. Like, I saw something about it. Gotcha. And then also, like, uh, like through social media, I saw it. It was like on Instagram or something, like an ad. And I was like, um, is this uh, real? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, <laughs> mm, sis. But <laughs> but I, I looked into it. You know, I pressed a little learn more <laughs> um, button mm-hmm. on Instagram. And then I was like, ah, it looks legit, but um, I'm scared. You weren't too sure. I wasn't but too scared. But you went for it. You took a chance. Yeah, right? I took a chance. Uh, I submitted my application. And um, based on that, like, I went through, like, a series of interviews. And then afterwards, like, I remember getting a call mm-hmm. <laughs> after I was done with all those interviews like, over the span of, like, three weeks or something. I get a call, and I'm home. And I was like, 
who's calling me? <laughs> I was like, I don't remember giving my number out. <laughs> I think it was like a California number right. or like an Ohio like, number. I don't even know. Me from California? Yeah, I was like, I don't know anyone in California. I don't, I don't know anyone outside of Maryland. I, I <laughs> or like North Carolina. I don't know anyone of, like outside of those area codes. So I was mm-hmm. like, um, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I answer it, and then um, I find out it was actually like one of the recruitment people. Um, for Hollister. So she calls me and she's like, so just like, you know, calling to tell you that you got the job. And I was like, ah, what? <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, I screamed. I was like, oh my, I nice. really had to keep my cool. Like, I put it on mute and I screamed <laughs> and then I took it back <laughs> off of mute to let, like, to like understand what she was saying on the phone. And then she, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll send that. I'll make sure I get that done. And then like when I hung up, I ran to my mom in the living room and I was like, Mom. And I just like stood there like so awkwardly. And like (laughs) That's one of the best feelings ever. I was like, Hey mom, guess what? And she was like, What? And I was like, I got the job. (laughs) (laughs) That is so awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And you they do conferences and things like that, right? Yeah. That you go to. Yeah. That's sweet. And so I they send you like clothes to wear. Do they send you or you have to Um, nice. So at HCon, we got some product, um, and uh, we got to, like, even customize some stuff. Like, oh, I got wow. to customize, like, a sweatshirt. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, like, with paint and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, they allowed people, like, make their own designs, you know, make the sweatshirt, that like, theirs. Mm-hmm. And um, I that was pretty fun. I mean, I got to, like, fly out to Ohio, go to, like, the, the headquarters, and the headquarters, like, they have scooters there. And I was like, oh, wow. wow. Okay. If Where's I were, the headquarters? It's in Ohio. Okay. Yeah. Their headquarters are in Ohio. And I was like, wait, Hosta, California. Why do they have a headquarters in Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, so on their, you know, on the little campus thing, like, mm-hmm. if I ever had to, like, you know, go across the street, I would just pick up a scooter. <laughs> like, like every time we had to move to a different building, i pick up a scooter every single time because nice. it was just so fun. And were they that, electric scooters? No, they weren't electric scooters. They, they were, were the old school scooters? Yeah, you got to really work. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, like, the Razor scooters, and they have, mm-hmm. like, parking thingies for it. And it was, like, so... I was like, what? Ah. I- what <laughs> i was like okay you know what um i'm gonna have to coin that <laughs> because when i want to open up my own corporation uh everyone's riding to riding work a scooter. on their scooters yeah and it's interesting because facebook has um they have bikes yeah on their campus really yeah i mean on their campus i mean um some of like i have like you know bosses i have multiple bosses because they there's a team uh-huh. but you know when i was seeing people go to like their their like um little you know like offices mm-hmm. they would go to the next building on like skateboards some people had skateboards some people would just go to like their the next building on their scooters and i was like wow employees employees are this fun that is so cool that is so cool yeah. that's awesome so do you know do you know yet where you're going to college i have no idea but okay. I, I but you've gotten ex- you've starting to get acceptances right yeah or, okay. yeah I got two acceptances but uh still waiting to hear from the other 16 schools that I applied to I understand I understand and you want to major in film, film production film production yeah. okay so you're gonna be what are, what are your plans with film production I really hope that I can like start my own film company like that would nice. be great that would be really and this cool. is the right time to do it too yeah this is the perfect time to do yeah. it yeah I want to I want to be able to like work on like actual shows and movies that like mm-hmm. get like premiered in like theaters like 
Aquaman. Like, I want to be able to, like, say, like, hey, I worked on that movie. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, camera person or I did, you know, the um, CGI. I did, like, you know, special effects on that and, like, Mm -hmm. be able to see, like, my my name on one of the credits. Like, that would just be so cool. And I think eventually I will definitely make my own media company because I want to make my own movies. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Content creator. That's yeah. what you are. You are a content creator. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. Um, that is really exciting. There's a there's a woman who we've interviewed um, previously on Millennial Minds, and she's a part of um, women in film and video. Mm-hmm. And they have a chapter here, and they have a chapter in California. They have a lot of chapters. Really and cool. she worked on before she ended up becoming the president of this organization Mm -hmm. she used to um work on several movies and you know her name would be in the credits and everything so i'm going to connect you with her um i think that'll be a great connection for you okay and so in you know i love i love our interviews i just hate that it just the time goes by so quickly (laughs) um but tell us on uh tell us um, what people can expect in the book, where to find the book, um, where to find you on, on online and social media. And um, if you have one piece, one nugget of wisdom for millennials, what would it be? Okay. Well, um, as far as the book, um, they can find it. I'm pretty sure pretty much anywhere though, but um, like Barnes and Noble, Amazon, uh, mm. there's an, you know, there's an ebook uh, version on Amazon as Very well. Nice. Um, you can get it also on, I think, Kindle. Nice. I think it's on all of those. All the and platforms. Then, yeah, those yeah, platforms. Nice. And um, you're gonna have to do an audible one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and where can we find you? Oh, social me media. on mm-hmm. social media. Well, you can all of my um, social media is uh, the real Anya. Mm-hmm. Just no, no spaces or anything. Just you know, flat out the real Anya. Um, that's Instagram, Twitter, all of those. Mm-hmm. And so. your website? What is your website URL? Oh, my website URL is anyayoung.com. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And then, what's one piece of wisdom that you would leave with millennials, particularly uh, youth who have an incarcerated parent? Um. Like, what would you what would you say or what would you say to your younger self about having an incarcerated parent? Well, um, there's this particular quote that I pretty much live by, like actually kind of gets me the day, like high school and everything. Um, I would have told myself, if you're going through hell, keep going. Mm, Yeah, it just, you know, puts in perspective that there's, you know, there is an end to all of that, all that suffering, mm-hmm. and, you know, just kind of keep going through it, you know, to get to the end, which is, you know, when you find peace. Mm. Oh, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Uh, I have uh, I have goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you all. You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on another episode of Millennial Minds. Until next time, peace. Peace.